0: I'm Alex Keller. And I'm Mike Harding. This is the Filmtastic Voyage.
1: Twelve o'clock a.m. No, it's not. Here in uh, Nebraska. No, it's not. Uh, we're in the middle of uh, the middle of fucking nowhere in a f- cornfield. Uh, <laughs> Coming to you live. Coming to you live. Broadcasting live. No, just kidding, everybody. Hey, we live in L.A. Like no, we don't. Like like nobody. We don't. We don't live in L.A. Uh,
0: Los Angeles, Nebraska. You figured it out. You know, I'm curious. We're we if- like the Simpsons. Like Springfield, where is it? Well, you, I mean, it
1: is funny because there's a lot of those, right? Where it's like, oh, Dallas, Oregon or something, right? Paris, Texas. Paris, Texas. And I'm I'm curious if there is like a Los Angeles, Nebraska. Or it s-
0: might be. someone being cheeky. I passed <laughs> a couple of fun towns on my, when I was going through Missouri to yeah. see some family. None of my family's from Missouri. I want to say that just because it's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we just went to go to Branson for some reason. Anyways, but on the way to Branson, a couple of fun towns. One of my favorite towns was Peculiar, Missouri. That's a fun town.
1: Peculiar, Missouri?
0: Yeah, it was a little strange.
1: That's like Erie, Indiana.
0: Well, that's, isn't, is it like Lake Erie? Because it's like Lake Erie. Oh, I guess I was referring to the show. Oh, yes. (laughs) And then my favorite town I've ever heard ever in my life is also on the way to Branson from the Kansas City Airport, and that is humansville
1: humansville
0: yes humansville which is anyone from humansville you got a kick-ass in town i think the population is like 900 people or it's less than that but uh i just like to imagine it was some sort of colony set by aliens who were just like yes i am human (laughs) welcome to humansville this is welcome to store
1: please buy goods i just picture you going into a into like a like a deli in humansville and then, like, they serve you the, the sandwich, right? And then right when you're biting into it, like, everybody's staring at you. Enjoy waiting. your meats. Go ahead. Take a bite. It's just, it, go ahead. Take a bite. It's good. It, it's good for you. Nutrients. Mm. Human nutrients. Enjoy your
0: nutrients, human. Fellow human. Yes, Here in humansville.
1: <laughs> that's mayonnaise. That's perfectly human mayonnaise. <laughs>
0: Well, what's in the sandwich? Oh, meats. <laughs> Various meats, animal meats. It's like the,
1: it's like the menu is like <laughs> it it's like two things on the menu. It's either vegetable or meat. And so you can order a meat sandwich or you can order a vegetable sandwich because they don't know the difference. Yeah. God. That'd be great. Hey everybody, the United States, am I right? Yeah. Fun towns. <laughs> um, so what's new, Alex? I know uh, you've seen a butt-ton of movies. I've seen one movie i like to about.
0: Tons of butts. Um, well, let me start off. Let's start off because we saw news last week that we didn't get to. And let's just kick it off right now with the news. Sure. And then we'll get to the movies we've been seeing. So big news uh, announced just a couple of days ago certain episode 9 Star Wars casting oh, news some deets some deets and uh you know me if there's Star Wars news I can't not talk about it because I'm a crazy person <laughs> and uh so like I mentioned a few weeks ago that like you know post solo is feeling a little down everyone it was like oh man no one likes Star Wars anymore but uh just seeing just seeing the word episode 9 all this announcement it's making me feel like a kid again can't bring me down I love Star Wars anyways Big news. Mark Hamill's coming back. Force Ghost Luke Skywalker confirmed question mark, but I'd like to think that he's a Force Ghost or something, maybe a flashback. Either way, he's coming back. That's super exciting. I love seeing Luke Skywalker on the big screen. I don't give a shit if he's grumpy. Um and then uh Carrie Fisher is coming back as deleted scenes. That confuses
1: that confuses me just a little bit. So there you know uh, I I mean, I'm sure they've worked it out so that, so that it works, but that is just yeah. strange.
0: So, yeah, they, uh, they said that they filmed enough footage in Episode 7 that they're going to splice her in to Episode 9 using those those scenes. Now, what I predict is going to happen, this is an exclusive prediction, everyone, mm. heard it here first, is that she's going to die between movies, her character will die, and she's going to come back as a Force ghost. And oh. they're going to use that footage of her, like, smiling... And like Interesting. showing up and saying some words, like, like there's that scene in episode seven where she's dressed up in her like proper regal clothing and she says like "May the Force be with you" to Ray or whatever. She's gonna have, they're gonna have like a footage of her like walking around saying something philosophical or something. Interesting. And but she'll be a ghost next to Luke and she's gonna be like tormenting Kylo Ren and then Hayden Christensen show up. No. Hayden
1: Christensen, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Listen, if they have Hayden Christensen as a Force ghost in Episode 9, they better fucking have Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. They should
0: have the whole gamut. They get Yoda, get all of them, and they're all like in a That's, circle, and they're like, shame, shame, shame. You know,
1: <laughs> well, okay, here's something I've really wanted, and I I honestly think this new saga is pretty capable of doing, is exploring these different facets of the Force, Right. And two things I've really wanted to see is I w- I've wanted to go deeper into the world of the Sith because I feel like all we ever see is two Sith and we don't see mm. any, like, ritual. We don't see any, like... Like, I, like I feel like... Okay, so there's two Sith. Rebels has a little bit of that. Rebels does. I want it in a movie. It's not going to happen because the Sith are the ol- are old-time, man. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, like, okay, so there's two Sith, but there must be, like agents of the dark side right there must be like associates of the dark of the dark side right
0: yeah that's like in rebels you got like the inquisitors
1: yeah so i i guess what i'm saying is like it would be cool to see like a sith temple or like a
0: sith in rebels
1: the sith temple that they go to but when okay so you can refer to it in rebels but why not bring it back for like
0: I mean, yes. I'd rather just made, like, an old Republic movie or series so you can see the Sith in their power. The Sith Empire, at it's prime, you know?
1: I would love that, yeah. So,
0: eventually. I'm sure i will get there. Because um, people, like people would love, a, like, a, like a clashing armies of lightsabers. Just two armies with lightsabers clashing, doing all sorts of Lord of the Rings-esque shit. But they got, everyone's got lightsabers. Can you imagine that? Because I can. And I want to see it.
1: I, I can imagine it, because that was episode two.
0: <laughs> Not really, though. I meant, like, because it was one army clashing with a bunch of robots. Yeah. I want to see two armies clashing. Um, the most, the closest we've gotten is that one CG trailer for The Old Republic that was like in 20, 20, 2009, 2008. Yeah. yeah. So that's the closest we've gotten. That was a pretty cool trailer.
1: I I feel like I've seen it, but I don't remember
0: it. Everyone, why don't you go look it up? It's pretty sweet. Okay. Um, and then the other thing I, w-
1: I would want to see, and I think this is more related to Episode 9 potentially, is like, okay... So there's the ghosts, the ge- the Jedi ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. I think force it'd ghosts. be I think Force ghosts, right? I think it'd be great if we saw the other side of that. I think it'd be great if we actually saw this other celestial plane that these beings exist on.
0: Kind of saw it in Clone Wars. Yeah? Kind of. Like Yoda goes on a whole weird sp- Force adventure.
1: Is that what that like the big guy and the big lady that are the Force? And it was written by George Lucas. Is
0: no, that that's one? different. Okay, that the 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 Mortis saga. I guess so. Yeah, no, they go to some planet. And that's a like, little different. Yoda goes on like a whole spirit spirit oh, journey. Okay. And he talks to he talks to Qui Gon Jinn. That's how Yoda figures out how to force ghost. Because he goes, I think he goes to Dagobah. It's been a while, but like Qui Gon Jinn's like Yoda. I'm Qui Gon Jinn. I'm gonna tell you some things about the Force.
1: Oh, okay. It's like oh, and oh, they oh. used Liam Neeson. In Liam Neeson, right? yeah.
0: He comes back a couple of times.
1: I mean, I I guess what I'm saying is I think it would be cool to see some sort of, like... Like, let's say Ray dies, right? And then suddenly, her and us, we get to see the world of the Force ghosts. That'd be kind of cool, yeah. How great would that be? It'd be a little pretty neat. And you can bring back Liam Neeson. You can bring back Ewan McGregor. You can bring back Hayden Christensen, Mark Hamill... Carrie Fisher, but that's it basically it, it won't happen.
0: Well, mostly. Well, also, this basically it because, as we you all could, know, Qui Gon Jinn kind of event, invented Force Ghosting, so no one else has been able to. Well, deal you could it. bring
1: back all the generals from
0: Episode Three. They're not Force Ghosts; they're dead. Qui Gon didn't figure out how to Force Ghost because he was pretty pretty awesome, right? And then he taught Yoda how to Force Ghost. Who taught, oh, he well, he taught Yoda and Obi Wan how to Force Ghost because you know. They had time to figure they, okay. it out. Okay. And I don't know I the, didn't know the, it was that secretive. The then. only real question is how did Hayden Christensen figure it out or I guess so Darth Vader in the sense because uh-huh. he's a ghost in the end of episode 6. Uh, it doesn't matter, I say, but that's basically in terms of lore that's what we've got where where we're at so far.
1: So do they establish
0: that it's that like secretive in the yeah. In the movies? In episode three, they're like, hey, Obi-Wan, I figured oh, out how to turn yourself right. into a ghost. Because Yoda's like,
1: hey, Obi-Wan, Whoa. Qui-Gon Jin is a ghost. You should visit him.
0: Visit him, you Give should. Give him a call. On the phone, you should dial. Force phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the other interesting news about... I are you done with your your what you want to see? Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, interesting news about this whole thing. So the whole all basically, every, all the other cast is coming back. Uh-huh. Lando Carisi is coming back. Let's confirm now. Right. Which is cool. And
1: I'm happy about that because why Why exclude him? I uh, mean, Jesus Christ, he was in two of the movies. Yeah, but I told you... Like, they're not his buddy anymore? Like, they're not buddies anymore? I like?
0: told you, like, everyone else's life sucks. I'd like Lando to get away, you know, scot-free. Well, they could show that, though. I still think, you know, in prediction, Leia's going to die. He's going to be speaking at a funeral. That's like a, a brief role. He's going to be like, Leia was... Real cool. And then he's going to walk off screen and that's going to be the Etta Lando. Hey,
1: everybody.
0: It's me, Lando.
1: It's me, Lando, at this funeral. Boy, this casket. What is this, Birchwood? This is amazing. Let me talk
0: to you about Princess Leia. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, the real interesting thing. So well, A couple of, a couple of new additions. Uh-huh. Uh, Richard E. Grant and some other actors I never heard about are coming, which is cool. Richard E. Grant, I don't know if you've seen With Nail and I. No. It was with Nail. It's a good movie. Um, and huh. other things. He looks like a first order type, but that doesn't mean he will be. Hmm. Because everyone was like, oh, Benicio Del Toro is going to be a first order type. And he wasn't, you know, so we'll see. Right. Yeah. And then uh, the interesting news is on the press release, Carrie Russell was not listed. But in the video announcement from StarWars.com, she was. So I think she's in the movie.
1: Okay. I mean we talked about her yeah,
0: a couple of times. Yeah. That was still also ago. not a confirmed thing. It was also just oh, a okay. uh, a you know, a rumor. I think it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter. One of the more reliable sources, but still just a thing. So I think she was still signing the signing the papers. Gotcha. But yeah, she's in the movie apparently or maybe she's just playing a minor role that's not worth uh she's you know, trumpeting like some, on
1: some <laughs> She's just some like food vendor on Tatooine or something. Yeah, maybe. And then yeah. the the
0: most interesting news to me Gwendolyn Christie's nowhere to be seen. Is Captain Phasma dead for reals? Probably. I think she is. That's it's a, a bummer. I'd love her to be like the Kenny of the, the Star Wars series, where she just keeps coming back.
1: That would be nice if they did have her in all three movies, just with short little cameo parts. I think
0: it would make her character. It would like, it would transcend the bounds of being disappointment to being so disappointing that it becomes just regular appointing. Oh yeah. Um. I I like Captain Phasma enough. Like she, she people are all upset with her, but she fulfills the purpose of being just, like, an officer that happens to look cool, you know? Yeah,
1: and, she, I mean, she had, like, a great... She had a, a great scene in Last Jedi. I mean, that was, like, really... You know, they had that whole fight, and mm-hmm. the the thing was all blown up around them, and then you see her looking at him with her eye through the, the cracked glass. Yeah. I thought that was
0: really cool. Now, this is not to say that she won't come back, because it might be a secret thing, you know? Right, yeah. Or, because also, if you want to really be semantic about it the uh like the returning cast from the old movies include these people so it's like not they're not going to reveal all their cast it could yeah but so i'd love to that if she came back but she probably won't but she is going to be in the new star wars animated show uh star wars resistance as captain phasma so maybe they'll fill in some of the gaps there as the clone wars did with some characters you know
1: i hope they don't characterize her in the show
0: well the books she's like a very specific person she's like a in the comics and the books, she's uh, a survivor who doesn't give a fuck about no one but herself. Right. So they might go more into that.
1: Because, I mean, she is, like, pretty cartoonish in the movies, but, like, an acceptable amount of cartoonish, right? Yeah. I just hope they don't, like, dial that up to 11. Like, actually make her a person, I guess,
0: is what I mean. We'll see. I'm interested in seeing what that new series is all about. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess that's the big Star Wars news.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, if, if for anybody who's been following the show, I mean, I've been a huge proponent of putting Billy D. Williams back in the movies, so I'm happy. All right, that's a little that's a little cherry on top of an already what will be a great movie. Uh, so you know, slam dunk, right? Uh, <laughs> you you, were, you mentioned that maybe Billy D. Williams is not in the best of health.
0: I just like like last time I saw him at like Star Wars Celebration and stuff, he just seemed like you know. Old,
1: I well yeah, and I can imagine like because his career hasn't been very like fruitful for the last twenty years. I think or something. he's just been voicing I mean, Lando
0: whenever he can in animated stuff, yeah? in video games mostly. Yeah, but
1: that's too bad. But like you know, he was he. You know, honestly, when I saw him in in Batman eighty nine, I thought, man, I really wish, I really wish they would have like had him as two-faced he was
0: two-faced in the Bat like oh batman movie was he really yeah it was a fun little thing but wow. uh he only had a couple lines so it wasn't really important that's interesting
1: because i i don't know i thought i i, th- I thought that would have been cool like tommy lee jones is great and everything but like billy d williams he uh he oozes that charisma that i think would have been better for those movies it would have been w- interesting that's whereas for sure. tommy lee jones i think was a little bit miscast yeah like if it was that age tommy lee jones but fast forward to dark knight i could have seen that working i mean aaron eckhart's great but like you know what i mean like tommy lee jones aged well
0: it's about the performance yeah if you had him play like a real character right and not some cartoon then yeah yeah um So, yeah, so that's Star Wars news. Anyways, so I guess we should talk about the movies we've been watching. Yeah, so, uh, you know, lay it on me. So, I think I mentioned last time I saw Mission Impossible 6. Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh Uh-huh. Can't can't fight the friction. (laughs) How was it? Uh, So, yeah, so Tommy C.'s Stunt Spectacular was maybe the best movie I've seen this year. So,
1: I I, I guess this is a given it was the best Mission Impossible movie? Yes. Best Mission Impossible
0: movie, I'd say... Pretty much handedly, maybe. It's got all the twists and t- it's like the script, like story wise, it's got all the twists and turns you expect. But the action is just like bite into a good steak, but action movie. It elevates a normal schlocky like you know, Hollywood blockbuster to like art, like act, art action. It's like the art of action, you know. Yeah, it's just so good. Wow, it's got it's got all the tension, all the stuff. Um that you want. Like the story is satisfying. It's, you know, got all the convolution you'd expect with a Mission Impossible story, but it's satisfying. It's got some good moments. Henry Cavill is, you know, should be in every movie. He's great. Uh, you got the villain from the last movies coming back, like he does a good job. Like right. he's like this movie, he's just, you know, nefarious and all that stuff. All the your favorite returning cast members come back. It feels kinda like a because it's like it it has cast members from three all the way on to yeah. all returning and so it's like a real who's who of, of people coming back, and it's real real satisfying in that way. Well, cool. Um, what
1: would you say? I mean, I, I you know obviously I haven't seen it so I I'm not gonna so no, Jeremy, know no Jeremy no Jeremy Renner though right no Jeremy Renner no Paula Patton. Um,
0: what would you say sets it apart? What sets it above the rest? I think it's just the execution of his action. I mean, honestly.
1: And also, what makes it the best movie
0: of the year? Not necessarily the best movie of the year, but the, my f- favorite movie. I just, it was just so enjoyable. Okay. It's just like, it's just really like, you know, you, you go to a movie and you have a fun time of the movie, and you're like, wow, that movie was so great. It's just kind of yeah. like that. I mean, like, so far, the year, like, I haven't seen, like, in terms of me being blown away by movies so much so that, like, I'd say, like, oh, man, I love them. It's basically this Avengers and Annihilation Really? Yeah.
1: God, I keep forgetting that Annihilation was this year. I loved
0: Annihilation so much. Seems like
1: it was like a a year
0: ago. Like, those were the only movies so far I've seen that I'd be like, yeah, I'd go back and I'd watch those a second time. Fuck yeah, you know?
1: Well, you know what's interesting about 2018? And I was thinking about this the other day. 2017 had very, like... 2017 movies and 2018 movies have a very different energy to them. Yeah. Yeah uh and i think 2018 is is uh we've seen these movies that are like a bit darker, a bit more serious, a bit more morose, maybe a little bit more to say uh yeah, and that's the thing is like i i don't feel like this is the kind of year that like really packs a punch. I mean, Mission Impossible excluded probably. a lot of punching. Yeah, but like you know when you think back about like when you think back on the kind of movies that have come out this year it's like, it's a really interesting just look, because I feel like mo- the great thing about movies is they're always a reflection of the culture at the time, right? And in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, like, it,
0: it sort of dictates the culture a little bit. Yeah, it's a uruburos, if you will. Oh, the what? The a snake that eats its own tail.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you were to just, like, take this year, uh, just tonally, I... I don't know there's something very interesting about it and again this is me not having seen Mission Impossible so I have no idea maybe that's uh, an outlet an outlier right Um, but with that said I mean okay so like you said the movies of this year for you that are your favorites are uh, Mission Impossible uh, Infinity War Mm -hmm. and then Annihilation
0: yeah like Not necessarily saying they're like, oh man, those are the best movies of the year, but those are the movies I saw where when I left the theater, I was like thoroughly satisfied and 100% like satisfied, and and so much so that I would like, I want to go and I want to see that movie a second time. Solo also is on that list, but that's it's hard to include because I'm just so biased. Um.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Annihilation I thought was great and also underrated and undersold and. It it's a it. It sucks that like that movie didn't do
0: mm. better. Yeah, well, I mean, like I think Paramount got their money back by selling Netflix. You hear actually that Warner Brothers sold Mowgli to Netflix. Mowgli's being stricken from the the theatrical record. Wow. Yeah. Really.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Now, that sucks. It makes sense, and like Andy Circus released a statement being like, "This is good because now we don't have to be compared to the other one." Oh my god. Which is fine and all, but like you know, sorry to say. And I hope we live in, eventually. We live in a day where this isn't true. But as we stand right now, Netflix to me feels like dumping grounds. Oh,
1: it is a dump. Yeah, it's a dumping ground for for bad, not bad movies, but movies that these studios think are going to underperform. Uh, and
0: for usually they they would.
1: I was I was having lunch with a friend today, a coworker, and he was talking about how he watched a movie with Michael Peña. It's called like Extin- Extinction, I think. Mm. Yeah, And, apparently, you know, the the story behind that movie was also, like, I think, uh, Universal or somebody. They're like, yeah, well, this was originally going to be released in theaters. And then they thought this is not going to do well in theaters. So then they just sold it off to Netflix. And then Netflix, it just became a Netflix movie. Yeah. And, yeah, you're right. It's like Netflix is like a dumping ground for underperforming movies.
0: Now, it doesn't always mean they're going to be bad movies. But so far, the movies that have been sold to Netflix probably wouldn't have performed well because they've been bad yeah um like there, uh a,
1: cloverfield paradox right wasn't that another
0: one yeah um like and like netflix is like you know a good smattering of good original properties too like i didn't see mudbound or anything but everyone says it's. Really i've good. seen mudbound but um
1: it was it was good
0: beast of no nation haven't seen that either i saw that but like those are movies i'd rather see in theaters and i always feel like i'm getting the, the short straw by not being able to experience them. beast
1: of no nation was in theaters like for a week yeah I didn't get a chance but It was like to a, co- you know, it, was, it wasn't a Netflix exclusive, I guess. Yeah,
0: Like, I just don't want to, you know, I don't, I'd rather see Mowgli on the big screen. I don't want to see the Irishman yeah. on my little TV, even though my TV's big, but I don't want to see it that way.
1: Yeah. I almost feel like, you know, here's the thing. It's interesting because I feel like Netflix is a very interesting experiment in what audiences are what audiences are capable of and what they also enjoy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think Netflix sort of wanted to create this culture around, you know, staying in, staying at home, binging, binge watching, you know, watching all your movies on your own screen and not feeling like you have to go out to the theater or whatever. Right. But we're almost sort of seeing the latter part of a tipping point. I think with Netflix. Do
0: well, you think it's like how vinyls coming back?
1: Well, what I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, in 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 the sense that, like, I think it's it was this experiment that Netflix really made a ton of money off of, but then now we're just watching it, kind of like, like okay, like a, a, a great example, and I, I I feel like we've talked about this maybe, but you know, you had House of Cards and you had uh, Orange Is a New Black, and you had uh the marvel shows right Mm -hmm. and these all came around like a two or three year period and they all had really strong openings and people were all in love with these shows nowadays no one cares about any of those i'd say like house of cards i mean for obvious reasons house of cards is a little bit debunked now we'll see how it ends but orange is the new black has just kind of like no buzz around it anymore. Now they
0: have glow and everyone loves glow and stranger things and
1: Stranger Things, yeah. But even season two of that, people were like, well, I don't
0: know. Right? I think people were like, just that one episode, but other than that, yeah. And then of course the Marvel shows, like
1: I've I haven't even seen the new season of Luke Cage, and I hear it's just okay. Um But I guess getting back to their movies, I don't feel like even with Mudbound and beasts of no nation like I saw those and those are good but they weren't like smash sensation hits to write home about that really like sealed the, you know that really like uh, seal this this uh, it's not it's not this thing that makes Netflix like a game changer these are like HBO original movies you know yeah
0: um, so they're Emmy award-winning movies not Oscar award movie right movies. <laughs> yeah um, because you know they feel more like TV movies than well. That's the thing is, I good th- TV movies at that, but
1: I think people like movies because there's a fascination with you know state of the art filmmaking, which requires a big budget, which requires uh you know a big uh, uh like I I feel like a theater is there to facilitate. A very specific thing, and that's that you're going to go to this this theater it's going to be on this giant big screen with big ass speakers you're going to have this whole experience with this crowd of people seeing this state of the art uh, yeah. you know this groundbreaking what's the what's the next thing that this movie's going to do?
0: Well, theaters make things bigger, they
1: yeah. make
0: action bigger, they make emotions bigger they make everything bigger and more impactful, and that's why they're important totally um. Speaking of which, I saw Mission Possible in the Dolby Theater yeah, with all of its super, like the vibrating seats and stuff. It's fucking incredible. Oh, wow. Uh, speaking of throat packing punches, there's a scene also, other tangent, sort of. There's a scene, there's that bathroom fight from the trailer. Uh-huh. That scene's amazing. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's like, yeah, just some of the best action choreography this side of some metaphor. Nantucket. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. It's amazing. Tim there's Buk a too. great chase. There's a great other chase. There's a great chase a lot of good chases in the movie yeah good punches just real visceral shit um it's it's just it's it's up there man it's like one of the best action movies I ever saw yeah that christopher McQuarrie man he knows what he's doing
1: i need to, i definitely need to see it i you know the the bummer was over the weekend i was hoping like you know what maybe sunday i'll be done and uh i'll go out and see that before the podcast uh done moving i mean but no, no dice, man. No, oh, that's a bummer. Well, the no good news is,
0: is like we don't need to. We like we're not missing out on a mini-sode, though. It's not much to talk about. Oh, okay. basically everything I said, you probably would hopefully have agreed on, and that been that,
1: sure. Well, listen, I'll come back at the next episode rolling with rolling with my own punches. episode hundred episode one hundred. What hundos? Rolling with my own punches. Ouch. Having seen Mission Impossible, it's going to be great. Cool, All right? <laughs> um. Yeah, I saw a movie that was a bit
0: of a tearjerker. Jerking tears Alex.
1: Off. Yeah, jerking some tears uh, of my own. All over the room. Yeah, I saw Won't You Be My Neighbor. You know what Won't You Be My Neighbor is?
0: It's that Mr. Rogers movie about a, him wanting you to be your neighbor, his neighbor.
1: That's right. It was a documentary basically showing you the beginning of uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, you know... Starting from that and then going to his the in-
0: domination of the airwaves, yeah. Uh,
1: the empire he built it's you know, what's interesting about it is it's so very, uh, you know, the antithesis of cynicism, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, here's this dude that's just so selfless and so good and believes in so many good things that you're just like, damn, dude.
0: I'm a failure. Sucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, just just watching like from, I think the show started in '68, right? So just watching where TV and culture has gone from '68 till now, it's almost like, uh, <laughs> like everything that I guess Mr. Rogers himself, you know, would not be too uh, happy about. There, Alex, you know, violence, you know, swearing, all that stuff. But it's fun. But it is fun, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, there's not much to say about it because it's. I think it's stuff that people pretty much already know, you know. Yeah. Even even the casual Mister Rogers fan, I mean, it's basically like, okay, well, here's Mister Rogers, and he's a here's here's a good guy doing a good show, a
0: yeah, so good guy.
1: Yeah. So there's not much in the way of like nothing like blew my mind, but you know there's a couple teary moments in there
0: yeah I um, it's interesting because every year has like the one big documentary this is this year's that's like summer release theatr wide theatrical release yeah very rare for documentaries so that's very cool especially for the subject Um, I probably won't check it out at least not for a while because you know it's like I don't really want to go and feel bad about myself <laughs> or what a piece of shit I become <laughs> so I guess I'll check that out when I'm alone in my house and I can feel distraught
1: it's definitely a home watch yeah.
0: Speaking of, like, you know, we were just talking about how great theaters are. Not, there's, you know, sometimes... There's, home market's also important, but it's important to have the option.
1: Well, sure. And I think documentaries are... Uh, documentaries work a lot better for, like, a home watch, right? Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I don't watch horror movies in the theaters, because they make everything scary. And I don't like being, <laughs> I don't like being spooked, because I'm a coward.
1: <laughs> you know, scary movies in the theater, I... I love it's too loud only only because I just love like my gut reaction to like um uh jump scares jump scares yeah is laughing I just I laugh mm. and what but what it is I think more than anything is like you'll be watching the screen right and you know it's coming, but then they're in your peripheral vision you just watch these other people go and then scream right like flinch and then scream and it's just I, for whatever reason I just find that hilarious
0: yeah it's fun <laughs> I don't like it though I mean you know I like it but
1: this yeah it's just sort of distracting I don't know. I don't know. the stuff I don't like is when it gets too like gross I don't like the gross stuff yeah
0: because yeah. it's like uh gross yeah <laughs> hey that's gross so yeah, so would you recommend Mr. Rogers' neighborhood sure. going be a neighbor's?
1: Yeah, I mean you know, listen, if we were to if we were to set a due date for like
0: the end of the year, you know, you mean January thirty or December thirty first. Yeah,
1: you know, for the audiences out there, if you wanna if you wanna have a uh, uh, a pretty vast lexicon of twenty eighteen movies that you've seen, just you know, make sure you see it by the end of uh, twenty eighteen oh, for the for you your know? lists. Yeah, for your lists. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it's not something that you have to rush out and see, I don't think.
0: Mike, do you remember if a couple weeks ago you were talking about like what some of your favorite drug movies are or movies that are drug like you're on drugs?
1: Oh, well, because I saw, uh, uh, Smiley Face. Smiley Face,
0: right. Now, this movie, I saw a movie that is part of that list. I finally got around to tracking down this movie, um, because it was all big, whole re release type thing. And, um, I would barely qualify it as a movie. I saw Yellow Submarine. Really? It's out there, man. It's pretty far out, man. Yes, that is a crazy movie. That uh, barely barely makes any sense. It's barely a movie. It's a bunch of stuff going on. Like it's even hard like, you know, it's like what would you rate the movie? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, it's 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 a, it's barely animated, but the animation that makes it kind of better. Because it fits into the whole thing. It's got really cool visuals. Um, there's like almost no story, and like, I like most of the music was, you know.
1: It's like a thumbs up out of 10.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like chair out of 10. It doesn't really make chair sense. chair out of 10, yeah. Um, like, I want to, kind of, like, I can't even, it's like, is it bad? Or is it good? I don't know.
1: Oh, is yeah. it?
0: Uh, it's just a whack, wacky, wild movie, man. And, um,. Uh, you know, they didn't use all my favorite Beatles songs, so I was a little disappointing.
1: Well, you know, so I like
0: that era of the Beatles a lot, but they kind of—I think they wrote a couple of original songs for the movie, and those ones were kind of just like all right.
1: Well, what's interesting about that movie, and uh, I'm not—I'm no Beatles buff. All right, any Beatles buffs, please uh, comment below if this is right or not. But I had heard that for the Yellow Submarine, they didn't want to. Um, or they didn't put too much care into the music because they didn't really care about the movie.
0: Yeah, what, I remember learning this when I was in college, and they were like, yeah, so the Beatles were like, let's let these animators fucking do this shit movie and we don't give a fuck, and they'll right. get us out of our movie contract, you know, add another one to the list. Yeah. um, And the the animators, you know, stringed their wrists, slave their fucking asses off over this movie, and the Beatles were like,
1: this is a real good this movie. Is, this is a
0: real good movie. <laughs> and so they filmed a little... Epilogue. They were so impressed, that they actually showed up to, <laughs> you know, do something. Well, so yeah, it's uh it's definitely odd. I mean, like, I, what I really want to see is I want to see if any footage they have of that canceled Robert Zemeckis stop motion remake they were making of *Yellow Submarine*. Do you don't remember this? Oh, God, oh, they were. No. It was right before that company went under due to their movies being creepy. Which oh. company? Uh, the company that made Beowulf and the oh, uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. And Mars Needs Moms. Mars yeah. Needs Moms was the big death nail. Um, what were
1: they thinking with that?
0: Well, with uh, doing the, Yellow Submarine.
1: Well, no, Mars Needs Moms. I mean, that was I don't know. that was a movie for nobody. But anyways,
0: as yeah. Were saying, um, they're gonna make a Yellow. Yeah, submarine. so they're making a Yellow Submarine, but like, I just want to see what the fuck it would have even looked like. I think that could have been cool. They cast Cary Elwes as like Ringo Starr or something. That's the only one. I I remember they cast the Beatles.
1: But here's the problem I see automatically is even if that movie was like breathtaking, it's still not as memorable as the original movie.
0: Probably not. And also, none of the stop-motion movies have really aged well. Oh. Partially due to sort of... Stop-motion needs a lot of love to look correct. Otherwise, it just looks like stop-motion. Not stop motion, sorry, motion capture. Motion capture, is all yeah. all wrong. Motion capture, you know, you got to do a lot of stuff to it. A lot of motion capture data that you see in movies is actually thrown out completely and just reanimated.
1: Yeah, well, they use it as a baseline. Yeah, they use it as a baseline. Yeah. But like, they
0: just kind of like... Yeah, they but did, those movies like, didn't do that. timing purposes, most of those movies did not. No, most of them just had... And so and also because they went photorealistic when it wasn't, still wasn't there, so...
1: The, it was a lot of... Man, that Beowulf movie was...
0: Mm, all the characters they gross got those gross looking dead eyes, just doll's yeah just eyes. dead
1: behind the yeah
0: so <laughs> serious yeah no you're right it's like doll's eyes <laughs> <laughs> doll's eyes um I saw Beowulf in theaters I remember did I see it in 3D because that was a 3D movie before 3D was a thing I don't think I did I might have
1: I saw it in in theaters I didn't see it in 3D because fuck that but
0: uh that movie disappointed me because I like remember thinking the book was pretty kick ass when I read it and then that's well, um,
1: one of the oldest books ever. Yeah, right?
0: and it's just so simple. It's just like guy shows up, kicks 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 the shit out of that monsters. That's it. And the movie like made it so it's like guy you know fucks Angelina Jolie and has dragon son. It's like this is all a bit much.
1: Well, because the book was originally like two different tales, right? It's it was pr- yeah. like well, it's... he goes up and k- he shows up and kicks some ass, and then separately he kicks a dragon's ass.
0: Yeah, it's like three distinct <laughs> stories. It's Beowulf shows up. They do have the bit where he's like, "Sorry, I'm late. I had to. I had to kill some sea serpents." Oh, they right. They show that he shows up. He kills Grendel. Um, that's right. He kills Grendel. And, ooh, Grendel just in the movie, in
1: ugly in a bad way. Crispin
0: Crispin Glover, like his his. I don't know. I was just, like, I'm not saying anything about him. Mostly the design of the creature, not really what in the book it's far more ogreish. Like like. Scaly monster, kind of, and this one it's like a meat sack. It's
1: like a no, exactly. It's like a it's like a big
0: putty baby. So I wasn't really a fan of, fan of the design. <laughs> meat um sack. Yeah. And then in and the yes, yeah, in the book he and kills Grendel. And he's like, and he goes to kill Grendel's mom. And he does that. Right. And then he's like, and then he's like, showered rich. He becomes king. Right. And, and then, then, he then like, kills a dragon. flash forward forty years later, and then he kills a dragon, and then he dies. And that's it.
1: Yep. But in the movie they. You know, how do you take one of the oldest stories ever written and fucking, like, go off a book with that?
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) it makes sense from a writing standpoint. Because, like, the thing about old tales and old poems and all that stuff is they're not really, like, structurally sound. They kind of don't make logical sense if you really think about them. They kind of meander. Like, if you ever, like, look into Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh is nonsense.
1: Oh, I, I don't know anything about that.
0: No, well, it's just like that kind of stuff. It's like it just sort of like th- then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Like it's not a very good in terms of like a two-hour-long structurally sound story. So it makes sense why they want to change it. But I think <laughs> Beowulf makes enough sense to be like guy shows up, kicks ass. That you can have two hours of that without having to make it all right. Whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting that there was a time before people actually developed a story structure. You know, and that's what it is, right? It's just like. You go back far enough, and there was just no study of a balanced story.
0: Well, I think a lot of the reason I'm, I'm I'm just making this up at the top of my head is you can assume that like a lot of the old stories were more like passing through oral tradition, which is like, let's sit down, I'm gonna tell you a story, and then this oh. happens, and the next day this happens. The Shia Leboff
1: method. Method.
0: Sure. <laughs> so like it's like you know it's just a continuous stream of very <laughs> sort of slightly related things that keep happening over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. It's sort of like how, uh, no, well, no, this is not a really healthy comparison, but I'll just say it anyways. Um, I feel like before the 90s, comic book heroes were all just one-note exposition. Like, literally, they were just there to barf out exposition and had no actual character to anything they are doing mm-hmm. or saying. But then when the 90s rolled around, they're like, well... Like, let's make them, like, humans and, like, make them, like, you know, actually, like, nuanced instead of just these empty vessels that just barf out what you need to know about what's going on with the plot.
0: Mm. I remember I was reading something. Someone was complaining about, like, it was like, man, comic books should be so much better. Bullshit. Back in the day, I'm like, you're full of shit. Bull- like, I can point to, well, like, comic books, like, even, like, the big, like, Marvel DC, like, I don't know what, like, I I'm, I'm not reading them currently I can't tell you what the quality is. Uh-huh. But like just even go back to the 90s and it's like dude, don't don't sit here and tell me that was better.
1: No. The 90s was one of the worst times for comics. But when, but I would argue and I think this will become more of a thing as as we move forward in time. The aughts mm-hmm. was like the hands down I think the best time for comics. You're just
0: saying that cuz of the nostalgia, man. No, no, no,
1: no. I'm I'm just like Literally all the MCU, not all the MCU movies, mm-hmm. but like Logan and Civil War and like, uh, those are the only two I can think of right now, but, and like Nolan Batman, like a lot well, of that stuff was, was, uh, aughts. I think, no,
0: actually I think nineties Batman, like a lot of the Nolan Batman's based off the nineties stuff, like Nightfall and wasn't No Man's Land. Was that 2000s or nineties? Well, but Batman year one, that was the eighties. So I think you're a little off base with the Nolan comparison, sir. Yeah, I don't know. The but Dark there's a lot Night of returns. there's like a lot of
1: Jim Lee era Batman like Hush? influence in there too. Well,
0: was I there? guess visual
1: I see because I know what you're saying. Like the actual material that they pull from was uh yeah, like Nightfall for Bane, right? And yeah, 80s Batman I think was probably the the height of that Batman too. Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: But The Killing Joke for the Joker in the for the dark Knight, return, or for the dark, for the dark Knight, it's a lot of the killing joke. A lot of like, oh, I'm gonna take this person, and make him crazy, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. So, so like, I guess the 80s, a lot of the
0: 80s and the 90s for yeah. Batman stuff.
1: Eighty okay, so for DC, I would say 80s, for Marvel, I'd say odds for sure. Marvel, mm. man, Marvel was up on this high streak during that time, and then now Marvel's kind of this weird, like. Uh, too much going on, but not enough going on. Didn't, really. Wasn't
0: there a thing, like, I don't, again, not a big reader of the main comics right now, but, um, like, it's like, everything's got to be like an event every week. Every week's like pretty, a big event. I'll cross over for everyone.
1: Pretty much. I think it's a little bit less of that now. I think they've kind of dialed it back, actually, mm-hmm. which is good. But for a little while there, it was like, oh, hey, now... Like it would literally be like one event just leads into the next, that leads into the next, and leads into the next. And I think what happens with that is like, okay, if if we don't take any time away from the events, no one's gonna pick up any of the other comics. Everything's an event. Nothing is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that too. But like, imagine like trying to sell like a uh, like a a normal just a like X Men like an Uncanny X Men, right? Imagine trying to sell that when there's this big thing going on that has the X-Men in it anyways and it has every other character. Like, who's going to buy that or who's going to buy Iron Man or, you yeah. know, no one gives a shit, right? So, it, like, luckily it seems like they've sort of dialed back on that because I think it was getting kind of out of control. I mean, there was even, like, Civil War two.
0: Yeah, I and heard that was sort of uh, nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. No one cared. No one gave a shit. Now, yeah, speaking of the 90s, I watched myself a 90s classic also uh i watched a a, 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 uh what don't tell me yet
1: okay i want to guess Uh because i I think this would be fun okay was it a comedy no was it a drama no was it an action movie yeah uh 95
0: around there 96 so uh i think 90 95 97 uh around there 97 maybe
1: uh true lies
0: no i wish Okay. Uh Okay, you can tell me. <laughs> well, uh I'll give you I'll, I'll just some hints. All right. Um I'm trying to think let me just try to be vague. The mummy. It spawned a f- successful franchise. Oh,
1: I Stargate. Yeah. yeah,
0: I saw Stargate. That was
1: like, uh, I think ninety three or four. Was it
0: before or after Independence Day? It's a Roland Emmerich. Oh, before. Flick. It was before. Okay, then it yes. was before Independence Day.
1: I think actually he went from Stargate to Independence Day to Godzilla to
0: Armageddon. No, that's Michael no, that's Bay, Michael Bay. You Bay. No, No,
1: no, uh, what was after Godzilla? I forget. Oh, I think it was the day after. Tomorrow. That was like two thousand
0: four. I think he probably did something in between, didn't he? I think so. I can't remember though. Okay,
1: so Stargate.
0: What'd you think? Uh it's kind of awful. It's
1: it you know what? It doesn't hold up quite as well, like not nearly as well as I remember it.
0: Well, like and by awful I mean terribly boring. I'm like I mean, I'm sorry, Stargate fans. Um I'm sure the series is actually probably good. Like the idea is cool.
1: The series is uh
0: apparently better. Ninety four, you're right. Oh did the Patriot, that's what he did. Oh yeah
1: the Patriot. Really, I thought that was Michael Bay. No, nope. that was Roland Emmerich. Getting them confused,
0: I guess. Ugh. Okay. Um. So yeah, the idea is cool. I mean, like Atlantis, the Disney's Atlantis is a huge ripoff because you got squirrely scientist guy with glasses, who is you know, Ultron. Uh, has like you know, he's you no know, laughed out of out of the university or you know whatever. He's not laughed out of the university, but it's like you know, he's down on his luck. No one believes in him. His wacky theories. And then some rich person scoops him up, and he goes on a fabulous adventure. Literally, the same plot as Atlantis, um, <laughs> and that's played which, by um, James Spader yeah. or Michael J. Fox. Which James one are we talking Spader. about?
1: Okay, yeah, I am talking about Stargate. Sorry,
0: yeah. So uh, young James Spader with a full head of hair, and um, and he was quite quite the handsome guy back yeah, then. He was pretty pretty good looking. Yeah, dude. I mean, like yeah, have you seen like you know back back in the old day like sex size and videotape? Never seen young it. James Spader. He's good stuff, yeah. I guess. Um, and Kurt Russell with a bad haircut shows up and he does military things. Um, and he's got like a weird subplot that doesn't really add up to anything. Well,
1: because the first time they see him, he's like sitting on a bed with a gun, right? And yeah, he's and about he's to like, kill well, himself? and then like
0: in the movies, they're like, What's his deal? It's like his son shot himself in the head or something. And you're like, well, oh, that's fucking that's shit, right? And like in and that, that plot, like he gets, he's like, This it comes back once when some alien kid touches his gun and he's like touch that's like it that's all that happens it's not really much of a character um yeah so the movie is just kind of bad um isn't
1: french stewart in that movie too? yes he is yeah but like pre third rock from the sun french stewart who is
0: french stewart which who did you play
1: I don't know who he plays in the movie. I just remember he was in the movie. But okay. in Third Rock from the Sun, he was, you know. Oh, come on! I'm I never Fre-. saw that show. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he was uh he was also Inspector Gadget on the uh, in the Straight to Video oh sequel. yeah This
0: guy, I don't remember who he played though. Was he a soldier or something? He was. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, but it was before French Stewart was French Stewart. Someone looked
0: familiar. Yeah, but I couldn't tell <laughs> who like. There's a guy, I'm going to look it up right now, because it was bothering me the whole movie. There's a guy, an actor in the movie, who's like, I've seen him before. Where the fuck is this guy from? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to look it up right now.
1: All right. But yeah, Armageddon. Well, ar- Armageddon I know it's that Jesus one guy Christ. from, like,
0: The Mummy. <laughs> so I know that guy.
1: Which guy from The Mummy? He's
0: like an old professor guy. Oh. This guy, I'm going to show you the picture. This guy? Yeah, and he was um, in Planet of the Apes. Eric Avary, yeah. I've seen him. He's not the guy I'm thinking of. There's another guy. I've seen him in something like that, too. There. Uh, Richard Kind. That's who it is. Richard Kind. Yeah. It's like, where the fuck have I seen Richard Kind? He's,
1: yeah. He's like he's like
0: in everything. He's one of those guys. Well, not
1: anymore, though, which is unfortunate. Why? A, oh, no, no. Richard Kind
0: is, yeah. And Richard Kind's still around. He was I, in uh, your favorite uh, movie, Inside Out. He played Bing Bong. Oh yeah, that's right. I I was like he's the brother in a serious man. That's why I was thinking of him from.
1: You know what's a funny story about Richard Kind? What? Um so, I mean, I can just say this now because I mean, it's already out on Netflix and everything, but um I was a uh, uh, you know, uh, the assistant editor on um Big Mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a voice on Big Mouth. Oh, fun. And one of my jobs that I had to do all day was collect like stock mm-hmm. uh recordings f- for these different actors right so like um i just i just be hearing these takes like th- these big long takes of all these actors and and one of them was was richard kind so it was just it was weird hearing like i can't I, you know obviously there's stuff i can't really s- say specifically but like it, it's just interesting hearing him say these lines a different way and then like you know hearing him interact with the people giving him direction and stuff but uh-huh. he seems like a he seems like a cool guy of course but uh, yeah that was interesting just spending a whole day getting paid to hear this
0: guy do mm-hmm. his takes so the thing about Stargate is it's kind of well first of all I just want to say that was boring but some notable things every time there's a person with a gun on screen and they go Every time, and then they cut back to him, and they go. Chick, chick. Well,
1: it's the nineties. I
0: know. Every time someone throws a gun, they have to cock it. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I was like, "What the hell's going on? Why?" Like they probably lost so many bullets just because they keep cocking their guns. Um, and then um, the love interest is, is real problematic. That's real problematic, guys, um, because she's given as a sex slave to James Spader. Oh, that's right. And then she's like, "Well, I guess you don't want me." And James Spader's like, "No, I'll take you."
1: Right, and that's yeah, how that goes. I, I remember that. That's she,
0: real weird. She
1: started taking off her clothes, and he's like, "Oh no, don't do that!" And then she was sad about it. Yeah, and, it's like,
0: nope, not nah, not having this. Yeah. This is real weird, guys. Let's not. This like, nope, I'm not having this. And then, the, speaking of sex slave, <laughs> so the villain of the movie, who is an alien disguised as a little kid, right. Because it was Ra It's, it's Ra So it's like Well first of all Just confusing I'm just confused and I'm sure Stargate fans Might be able to tell me this uh-huh. So he's Ra And the Ra That the Egyptians worship Is the same guy But all the other Egyptian gods don't exist That I
1: don't Like well, they
0: have like There's like a bunch of people With bird heads on But they can't all be The same gods Right yeah, That makes sense
1: I think what it is, what it's hinting at is like, oh, the hieroglyphics for these gods are really just the hieroglyphics for these weird-ass henchmen or something. That I, Okay, what I have, a my big confusing problem with the movie, and I even remember thinking this after seeing it the second time when I was an adult, was they're going through a wormhole, or they're going through a Stargate to uh-huh. this other place and now they're back in ancient Egypt No they're
0: on a different planet
1: but that's the thing so they're on a different planet but it's ancient egyptian like sci-fi and i I mean, I guess the idea is that okay, Ra goes from planet to planet doing this, and maybe he, franchises. maybe he did it on Earth or something. No, he did it on
0: Earth, and then the Earth people threw, kicked him off. Did they explain that in the movie? Yeah, they're like, okay, there was a big revolt on Earth, and so he, like he left, and like they destroyed the Stargate, and so he made sure that all the people on Stargate planet couldn't read
1: interesting yeah it doesn't really that make it lowers the stakes quite a bit well right? it's
0: odd because it's been what like2,000 years this civilization's gone nowhere there's right. like a small gaggle of people that's still it it's like that seems I mean oh, maybe like an
1: entire planet maybe
0: they're doing some sort of like culling or whatever but it's still a little odd and like that's all we see at the whole planet which is also still odd uh-huh. um, now what made me really uncomfortable is Sarah has like an like a gaggle of little kid sex slaves like they're little oh, kids and little yeah. loincloths, and they're all yeah. just like fanning him, feeding him grapes or whatever. Like not explicitly so, but like.
1: And they're kind of like on his side. Yeah, they're right? on, like and
0: they're always like they're always like at his side and like touch Like clearly, like obviously, clearly they're a fucking bunch of little kid sex slaves. Like there's no like you look at that, <laughs> and you're like that's a bunch of little kid sex slaves. That's what they are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like don't sit here and tell me that's not what's happening because that's what's happening. Hey, I'm not. And, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. And it's weird that the movie wanted that. That's all I'm saying. Um, but what's even weirder to me is so Ra is surrounded by his little kid sex slaves and he's like, you know, on a ship and then he sees all these, his, his minions are starting to fight back, right? And he's like, well, I guess it's time to leave. So he leaves and then, uh, Kurt Russell sends him a nuclear bomb and he explodes, but... That ship was full of a bunch of little kids sex slaves. Kurt Russell has murdered a bunch of children. And everyone's like, we did it. I'm like, those fucking kids are dead. Oh, no. What?
1: That's, uh, that is that is definitely a, a good point.
0: <laughs> he just killed all those kids.
1: That You know, it, it's funny because, like, looking back on when that movie was made, it, it, it's weird, man. The '90s seems like this weird time where, like, like surprisingly insensitive in that kind of way. I think where well, it's just like, like that wouldn't. Ha- I don't think that would happen nowadays. No, I well, think. I mean,
0: that was post. That was the the end of the Cold War. America's just swinging dick. It's like fuck everyone. We can do whatever we want. You know, Hollywood's just you know. Well, because
1: during the '90s, I remember uh, it. It felt like the atmosphere, or the not the atmosphere, the culture. uh It felt like it it was sort of this self-proclaimed civic time in history, Uh, you know, like it was. Oh, I'm a '90s man, right? Like that was a whole thing. Like, oh, you know, the '90s man was a sensitive man and stuff, right? They did
0: that with the '80s too. It's like, oh, I remember, like, oh, the '80s woman, this, that, and the other thing. You know, whatever. But like, you
1: look back on on '90s uh, entertainment,
0: and it's I don't know.
1: You you could definitely tell that we've changed as a culture quite a bit since then.
0: No, I I've had this say before, and I'll say it again. I do believe that '80s in terms of nostalgia and reverence, '80s film far more revered than '90s film. Whereas '90s television far more revered than '80s television. I think it's that switch where '90s television got really good, like cartoons actually started giving a fuck. Yeah, and movies got kind of weird and esoteric, and like you know there weren't as many like. Like the big action movies in the 90s are like face-off and these kind of like just odd movies. Whereas like in the 80s, it's just like guys with guns blowing shit up and people love those.
1: It feels a bit empty, yeah, when it comes to certain genres, I suppose. Like, you know what I think thrived the most in, in the 90s was comedy. Yeah. Honestly. 90s was a time for fight, like Robin Williams, dude, just like hit after hit, dude. Yeah. Adam Sandler, that was when Adam Sandler movies were still like big A big deal.
0: Yeah, the nineties are all like real, real good dramas too. Like not like you know, kind of like like some movies like the
1: Thomas Crown Affair.
0: (laughs) Sure, like well, I'm like your Seven, Signs of the Lambs, those kind of movies. Oh yeah, early nineties was really good. You got like you know Jurassic Park, oh yeah, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, and stuff, and then like ninety four through like 97, 98 was just like it's bad for nothing at all. It's bad for in it. terms of like the big things, I can't think of much off the top of my head. It Was like oh man, what a colossal ninety nine though. Ninety nine yeah. picked itself up by its bootstraps and got the fuck you know figured itself shit out.
1: I still you know ninety nine was I think one of the best years in movie history i i would still say that
0: like 93 and 99 were fucking good years man 94 too
1: 94 91 was good i would say 94 for sure i 93 i can't really think of anything
0: well titanic or not titanic uh jurassic park and pulp fiction was that that was 93 i guess i see 93 or 94 and uh, Jurassic park i think was definitely 93 okay one of those two years i can never remember i'm always getting confused I think right. ninety four was Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump. Pulp Fiction, ninety three was Josh Schindler's. Ninety three was Schindler's List oh, and okay. Jurassic Park. Yeah, and but ninety nine was definitely a strong year.
1: I think two thousand
0: eight was a pretty. St- seven, I think two thousand seven was good. Was a better year. Two thousand seven was No Country for Old Men, and um, I would say both those
1: years to to a certain extent. Yeah, I think two thousand seven was better for dramas and stuff, but two thousand eight was like this whole revitalization of. Uh, superhero movies and much ours,
0: like 2007 i think 2017 was a kick-ass year for movies 2017 like, was also one of the best years of movies um yeah at least for the decade so far i yeah. think of thus far between 20 i guess it starts with 2010 2010 to now 2017 is best year so far i'd say 2017. in terms of being consistently good movies not as many like peaks but like very few valleys
1: i th- yeah i agree 2017 is is the year of like you said, uh, you've mentioned this that like the seventh year of a decade seems to be, uh, well, I guess it'd be the eighth year of the decade.
0: Twi- like the, the seventh, the the seven ending movie, the year that ends with seven is always right. the most of that, that decade of
1: that decade. And I think twenty seventeen is that
0: mm-hmm. for our decade for sure. Uh, um. I mean, we still have a couple more years to really figure out, and usually we will take a few more years of hindsight, but, like, yeah. you think 97, that's, like, peak 90s, you know? Yeah. 2007's, like, peak 2000s.
1: 2012, I think, would probably be second on my list. Usually, like, it's, like... And then, like, like, 2015 had some Oh, we're some talking nice years? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of good movies. 2016 was one of the lows.
0: I mean, basically, if you really want to amend it, basically like, you know, every five years on, so, like, 2002, 2007... 2012, like those are like the milestone years of when, of oh. like how, like you sing, you single out see that. the culture of that decade, and you get like totally them, like two, you get two pins there and there, like well, 92, 97, 82, 87.
1: I mean, if we're looking for like the best example of that, that's totally the 90s.
0: Yeah, I'm just talking like yeah. fashion, music, culture, right. everything, not just movies.
1: Although I think with the 90s, I think 90s culture took off with 91.
0: But like ninety like I'm saying ninety seven and ninety two, I guess, are like you put up you 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 put a pin on that year and you look you look at that year, it's like that year, so goddamn nineties.
1: Totally, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. You're in like full swing. Yeah. Like I think you know what it is? You know what's interesting is I think if I was to look at like twenty eleven and also look at two thousand one for sure, oh my god. Uh and then ninety one. Mm. I feel like those set the tone for the decade and then by 92, 2002, 2012, you're just like now in the decade.
0: I would argue that 2002 is far more of a 2000s decade because it's post 9-11, everything was different.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. So I think 2001
0: doesn't represent the 2000s nearly as well as 2002
1: does. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I think the, I think the, um, uh, whatever, like the 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 inciting uh, incident mm. is always in, is seem seemingly in that first year. Yeah, well yeah. I think.
0: Uh, yeah, and true for two thousand two, everyone like look, looked like Slim Shady. It was just a bad oh time. Oh my god! Yeah, like I think yeah, <laughs> everyone had like their bleach dyed hair and like their chains and their pants see, that were too big. Twenty one Jump Street. Yeah, exactly there, right? like that. <laughs> exactly like Jonah that. Jonah Hill. Oh my! Oh
1: man, I want to watch that movie it's again. A great that movie was a good movie. I never saw the second one.
0: What? Never saw the second one. Oh my one. gosh, just as good. That's what I hear. Yeah.
1: But What uh, is your problem? I don't know. I you know, it was it was uh it was in theaters when I was working at a theater and uh I saw little glimpses of it. Like I saw the credit sequence where they were like, "Oh, all these different sequels and spinoffs, And I thought,
0: "Oh, this is funny. Yeah, I want, I want funny. to
1: see this movie, but Never got around. I right. really
0: wanted to see that in theaters, but I couldn't find anybody to go with me. Like everyone's like, "Oh, uh, I don't feel like it. it's like ah." Uh. Yeah. So and that was like you know I only knew like three people in L.A. Maybe less back then. What was it? Twenty Yeah, that was, that
1: was the, right before I moved. The
0: dark time for Alex.
1: Hey, that was a dark time for me too, man. Jesus, that was uh, a rough year.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's where I lost my leg. Yeah. Just kidding. I have both legs. Um, you'll see that next week, maybe Anyways, so I saw one last movie yeah. That I'd like to discuss uh, And that is, you know Sometimes I'll throw on a James Bond And uh, oh. I watched The most racist of the James Bond movies Which is The Man with the Golden Gun That movie is sweating racism
1: Okay, I... and
0: sexism and other isms. It's it's just the most offensive Bond movie. I just can't even.
1: So that's a Sean Connery movie, right?
0: No, it's a Roger Moore movie. It's Roger Moore's it's second Roger... outing, nineteen seventy-five. Oh.
1: So so so. I the... guess I don't remember much about it. That's the
0: one with the Christopher Lee Christopher plays the Lee. man with the golden gun. He's got three nipples, but who and cares? he has
1: his his little friend.
0: Yeah. So he's got a uh, you know a little person as his sidekick. Yeah. Who they refer to as a midget in the movie. Right. Um, well, nineteen seventy-five. Yeah. Who can be? But like. That's just dumb because, A, he's not in the book. I don't know what... Like, he's just a character invented for the movie. And, B, it's just sort of like...
1: It's those broccolis. They just wanted a little person in the movie.
0: Maybe it was Guy Hamilton, the director. I don't know. His, Guy Hamilton's movies are all Guy
1: kinda, Hamilton.
0: They're all kind of weird. Um,
1: hey, I'm Guy Hamilton. Except for
0: Goldfinger, which is surprisingly <laughs> normal.
1: Oh, so to- he directed more than one.
0: Yeah, he directed a couple. Diamonds are Forever, Goldfinger, that one. I wow. I th- think he... No. I think he might have done... um. You only live twice.
1: Hmm.
0: I think. T- uh, what I don't remember the name of the first the guy that did one, two, and four. It was Terrence something. Um, Terrence Howard. I was gonna say like something like yeah, not Terrence Howard though. Um, <laughs> either way, like it's just like that's just, it's unnecessary and like it just feels like the movie's making fun of him. Uh huh. But like that's the least of the movie's problems. James Bond is slapping ladies in the movie. All like you know the female love interest is the worst Bond girl because she is. An actual idiot. What? Oh, wow! Like she, like barely can do anything.
1: Well, that's not the first or the last time that's happening in a James Bond. No, movie. but like
0: usually they're like some degree of competent. They're like you know damsel in distressy, but they are like you know.
1: I'm like, a scientist. Yeah, they're like
0: I'm a scientist. They're like you know, quote unquote tough <laughs> ladies or whatever. They're like right. you know they can barely do anything. But like this one is the f- uh, she actually causes issues. Like, they, the halfway through the movie, everyone's all... Everything's squared away. We're all ready to go. And then she gets herself kidnapped on purpose, essentially. Because she's like, well, the mission's over. I'm going to go and I'm going to spy on this guy that we don't need to spy on. And then she gets kidnapped. It's like, oh, good. Great. You really did it. But she's also like, I don't know. She's just the worst. Yeah. And all she wants to do is fuck James Bond, which is just weird.
1: I mean, again, like... That not the first or the last. No, time, Roger right?
0: Moore's movies are weird because he's like, this has got this fucking superpower where he just shows up and people are like, "Hey, we got time, let's do it." It's the '70s. Oh, well, and the '80s. Well, yeah, run. I'm it's just saying
1: run. the '70s is you know sexual revolution and you know.
0: Well, it's not just that. It's mostly just like it's it's more of a character thing. It's like, "Hi, I'm Roger Moore." It's like, well. Might as well take my clothes hey, off. Hey, person. Yeah.
1: Hello, person.
0: Let's- it's like, yeah, it's just, that's just one of the quirks of his run, which is fun, but also stupid. Um, but yeah, the worst thing is just, so they go to Thailand, but it might as well, <laughs> it's not Thailand. It's, I'm using big air quotes here. It's the Orient. Oh,
1: God. Because,
0: so there's a Thai businessman and his uh, little foundry is surrounded by statues of sumo wrestlers uh-huh. and all other things that definitely aren't from Thailand. And um, they bring back this racist cop caricature from Live and Let Die who's in Thailand for no good goddamn reason. And he's calling people like the like bad name, like names that are pretty much, they're not like slurs, but they might as well be. And he's, uh, it's just awful. And
1: like what, you don't have to say the words, but like what kind of, what do you mean? Because I'm lost. Well, I'm that.
0: a, I, it's not, I don't, it's not like a, I'm not, this is also quotes. I'm not going to. He calls, like, he's basically, he goes to any one of these Thai people and he's like, you pointy heads. And it's like, oh, I see. Because they're wearing the... Okay. And, like, uh, it's just awful. And he's in the movie way too long, and he gets roped into this adventure for a scene. And then there's the famous stunt, which is an awesome stunt, where James Bond does a corkscrew car, like drives his car and just like a, hits a ramp, does a corkscrew over a river. But they ruin it because it's, in the background there's a guy with a slide whistle going, "Boo!" It's like, what have you done? You ruined this awesome stunt. So wait, there's a guy like on screen. No, it's a, yeah. oh. it's just like in the orchestra. Yeah. Oh, it's like, why would you, you know, it doesn't happen like mission impossible six where, you know, <laughs> gets hit by a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Or like, <laughs> like he's jumping over buildings. It's like, or like he like hits hit off a building. It's like, Boo! it's just, it's like way to ruin your tension movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not the worst James Bond movie, but it's so it's like in the dregs. It's so <laughs> mediocre, you know. It's one of those movies where it's not bad enough to be funny, like a View to a Kill or one of those kind of movies, but it's not good. So it, be, it yeah. in effect, in an effect, becomes worse. Yeah, yeah. And it's in that pack of being so unremarkable and also at the same time so generally racist, right? That it uh, it becomes not 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 a good time. That's crazy.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I, I we've discussed at length for sure. Uh, you know, the, James Bond, when it comes to quality control, is just sort of all over the map. Well, James right? Bond
0: loves to capture trends, Uh huh. so like it just does whatever it feels like. Right. Um, I also watched Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace more or less back to back recently. Fucking Casino Royale is still the best James Bond movie. It was awesome.
1: Better than Skyfall,
0: huh? Oh fuck yeah! Of course. You kidding me? Okay, I love Skyfall but Casino Royale is great and then Quantum of Solace I've always liked but I think I've always liked it because you have to know what the fuck's happening in Casino Royale like if you don't watch it after having seen Casino Royale or having a general idea of what happened in that movie it's mm. really kind of confusing because oh. it picks off right where it left off but the story is also all about James Bond and he's like trying to get to like it's, it's like his like vengeance for the death of Vesper it's like a whole yeah. thing that and but I like that movie. Vespa. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I like that Spaceballs. movie. Baseballs. Anyways. Oh right. Um, it's like, what is he talking about? Um, <laughs> I always like Quantum Solace though it's not as bad as people make it out to be. I think, but it it is. Ne- it's I think it's just a fine movie. It's in the especially in the Bond franchise, it's definitely one of the better ones. Because there's like you know depending on how much you love Roger Moore, because it's half of the series. Mm-hmm. Um. It's nice because it's like, unfortunately, the writer's strike kind of hurt it because it was in the middle of that, but uh, I like it because it's just breezy, it's short, it's got pretty okay action and stuff, although I don't like Mark Forster's direction because it becomes way too incomprehensible. That opening chase sequence is nonsense. Oh. The car chase, like, I don't know what the fuck's happening half the time. I think it was also trying to capitalize on the Bourne ultimatum trend.
1: That's what I heard. Is is that specifically was sort of trying to capitalize on the uh, what? What Paul Paul Greengrass? Yeah, Paul Greengrass. Uh, that whole way of making movies of yeah. shaky cam and like a million cuts and all that. Which is that is, how that movie was? Wh- yeah. Oh
0: yeah, it's worse. It's like that times. Too. it's like, jeez, you should watch it, of course. But like, like sandwiched between like Martin Campbell's buttery smooth action directing and Sam Mendes' buttery smooth and you know even more buttery smooth action directing, <laughs> it's like <laughs> quite a, a buttery uh, smooth. Well, I mean, like you got that, that you got Roger Deakins on Skyfall, man. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So eventually I'll play, see Skyfall and Spectre again. I'm kind of just going through the all of them now at this point.
1: Well, okay, so 2019 is the next one, right?
0: Yeah, going to be hell of a year. So
1: we're, we're going to start hearing Danny about that. Danny Boyle.
0: Yeah, I find that pretty interesting. Now, uh, I wonder what they're going to do because they had written a script and Danny Boyle and his screenwriting buddy were like, we got an idea. And the Broccolis were like, that sounds great. So they threw out that script and they wrote their own and that's what they're making now. So I wonder if this next one is going to kind of abandon the whole continuous serialized story that they've sort of softly been doing. Oh, for, I hope so. and, and just be a standalone thing that. or if they're going to do Yeah, I hope so. Cuz like that's not unusual for Bond. Like the Connery's one all had the sort of build up to you only live twice with Blofeld and all that shit. Uh-huh. Or I guess if you want to count on Your Majesty's Secret Service with that too. Um, so it's kind of similar to that, but I think they took a, a bit of a step too far with Spectre just in with the whole We're being Related the whole time and also Quantum Solace's direct sequel to Casino Royale, the whole thing. Like, it's, you know, don't want to harp on something we are harped on. It's similar to The Last Jedi, where <laughs> a series uh-huh. not known for picking up right when the last one left off, when it does, it does feel jarring and weird. Uh-huh, And, yeah. I, and I have some ideological issues with it, because I feel like it can't stand on its, on its own, which it, you know, should be able to. Are we
1: talking about Bond? Both. Oh, okay.
0: But for also in both cases, I think... Um, they still work.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, you know, okay. I like when it comes to sequels in general, I think there doesn't need to be a rule that this movie is supposed to stand on its own. I, you know, like I, I, because here's the thing, like, let's say you're like five movies deep into Harry Potter. And let's say the only movie you see is the fifth one.
0: Like, I don't
1: know. It's going to feel a little bit weird, right? I like, think it's
0: it, the difference here is the precedent the other ones have set. I like suppose. for Star Wars, you should see, you still need to see the other ones, but you don't have to. It's not is is a continuity of events. That's mostly the thing. And for James Bond, it's sort of similar. Like you know, you know who James Bond is and that kind of stuff. But for all James, James Bonds, Bond, yeah, you don't need to know anything no. other than James Bond. You don't even need to know who James Bond is. Really. They're really,
1: they're, there's no hard sequels to James Bond except movies. for Quantum of Solace. They're all yeah, they're all their own. Thing. but isn't there wasn't there another james bond movie that
0: was like connected that way there's there's a lot of james bond with like, like a have, spy who loved me or something they Didn't all have, a have wife? very tenuous connections to each other okay. like uh in from russia with love blofeld who you don't see his face in that one he's like oh yes our our uh one of my lieutenants dr no was killed you know and then
1: but i guess what i mean and is, then his wife
0: dies and right his Ru- wife and, and he gets married and has a wife in on Your Majesty's Secret Service, and ever since then, for like, pretty much until uh, Goldeneye, they pepper that in subtly every other movie, maybe every other other movie. Really? They'll be like, if I'm like, in like, For Your Eyes Only, that he goes to her grave, and that's a whole thing, and like, you know, I think License to Kill, um, Felix Leiter's like, oh yeah, James was married once. Interesting. It's like that kind of stuff. Just like, but huh. like, it's not like a hard and fast continuity. It's more of a soft thing. And also, don't get me started on the whole fucking bullshit about James Bond being just a fucking code name. James Bond's a guy. Let's <laughs> get it over with. Let's deal with it.
1: Well, yeah, I I think that was people's problem with. Although I don't understand that either, because like Spectre didn't really break that. Well, like like I think Skyfall oh, because Blofeld came back. Well, as,
0: Sky, well, Skyfall broke it because James Bond goes to his house. And, oh, like, you see his right. parents' graves.
1: That's right. But then Spectre, it was sort of like they were reusing villains from... They, yeah. So that was sort of an issue.
0: It's it, not really an issue. It works fine. I mean, like, but... Well, it's... but it changes the
1: context, right? It changes it sort of where it's like, well, these movies all could have been connected, but they're not now, really. The
0: way I've always seen it is each the each actor creates their own... James bubble. Bond universe. It's their own yeah. James Bond bubble. That's the way I see it, too. So, the Connery verse is its own bubble. Yeah. And the, the moore verse moore and verse. the Dalton verse and the George Lazenby verse. Yeah, he's in that one movie. <laughs> George Lazenby's movie, if you think about it, it, doesn't make sense because he's like investigating Blofeld, but he met in the last movie. Oh, yeah. So, it's like, hey, why didn't Blofeld recognize James Bond and like all that stuff, you know? Yeah. And also, he's a different actor. He's Telly Savalas and not Donald Pleasants, And also, he's missing his big scar, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, right. it's like barely barely a continuity anyways. Yeah. But yeah, like all... So yeah, I view it... Yeah. So Craig lives in his own universe, and it's a different James Bond than Pierce Brosnan. It's a different James Bond. It explains why they act differently. Well, yeah. And it explains I, why, you know, everything. They
1: like, look... Yeah, they're different people, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know... I, it's interesting. I like I appreciate the Bond movies for what they are and everything, but I'm I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not like a super fan. Oh I am, so um, super fan. But it would be interesting to be someone that gets super pissed off about uh just some of the just some of that lore, I guess. I mean someone that would get pissed off about like the redefinition of how Bond movies work.
0: I feel like it's and I'm making I'm gonna make a stand here. I feel like it's morally wrong to get pissed off about a movie in general. Well movie series unless Well like I'm talking like in terms of like the lore. Oh gotcha. Like not like oh, yeah,
1: because it doesn't belong
0: to us. None of it belong it doesn't belong to us. We're well, not, like making... I can be disappointed in something or like not wanna see something, but to get physically angry just seems like a big waste of time.
1: Oh, totally. It's people that need to go out and maybe make their own fiction. That's what those people should try to do. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, all that energy you're expending like on gushing over, yeah. It, I'd love to
0: see it actually. I'd legitimately love to see what those people have to say.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah, I, I hey, let's set up a software where people can just plug in their, their,
0: you know. Well, it's called an iPhone. Just no, go no what and I'm film saying it. is
1: like a machine where people could just be like, I wish this was the movie and then it, the machine shows that
0: movie oh no i mean like it's like their original ideas you know oh yeah that's what i'm talking about not like their ideas for existing movies
1: and most of them are actually honestly in any situation where it's been like a super fan telling me how they would redo a movie Mm -hmm. uh i feel like i've I've never been impressed. Oh,
0: well, I'll be a super fan. I'll tell you how I'll remake The Last Jedi for you. Please don't. It wouldn't be terribly Please
1: different. don't.
0: <laughs> Would you call me a super fan of Star Wars, or is that uh, insulting?
1: Not in a bad... Not not in the way I'm... Or is that, not, not, in the is, way, that, is that
0: insulting to real super fans? Not
1: in the way I'm describing, okay. because you are also uh, a fan of film, and you know better than... Like you, you have experience with movies and film and how things work, as opposed to like some fourteen-year-old kid. No offense, fourteen-year-old kids. No
0: but, it, offense, offense given. But you know, like <laughs>
1: you know, just a a, a fourteen-year-old writing a fanfic where they think they should have played Anakin Skywalker instead of. I've had some. I've had a friend that's been like, "Man, they should have casted me as Anakin Skywalker." Like, a hundred percent serious. I've had a friend that's been like, "Hey, when I grow up, I'm gonna be a James Bond actor."
0: Like extra. Both
1: no, James Bond. I've. It's I've good known, to have
0: ambition. Huh. It's good to have ambition. Well, sh- sure, but but to say with certainty though is a little folly.
1: It yeah. It's. I guess what I'm saying is like, there's a there needs to be a differentiation and. You have this where it's like, okay, let's say I don't like a movie. How dare you? Uh, I can also say, well, I don't like that movie, but it was still a lot of work was put into it. I'm sure there's an audience for it. I'm sure there's a lot of people that like it. And hey, good for them. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Moving on with my life.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to go onto the, the boards and talk about how, behind, yeah. how much I didn't like Stargate. <laughs> right. Or whatever. Yeah. 'Cause you know, I don't know. Too much effort. Who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know what you if What you should care about though is a <laughs> Film Tested Voyage. So that's it, that's the end of the episode. So if you wanna keep caring about us, well, and you can find us at some lovely places such as filmtestedvoyage.com, filmtested voyage at dot com, Facebook dot com slash Voyage uh and we're on letterboxd you want to see sneak peeks of all the movies that we've been seeing oh. you want to get the scoop be like the like uh like tom hanks in the post but with <laughs> what we're watching then uh i'm batman crothers wall and word uh, mr kerosene Yes, yeah, follow us uh friend us on letterboxd yes
1: please i want to be your friend uh, we're, a part of a Lemmy, uh, we're a part of a larger uh, podcast network, the Let Me Listen Podcast Network. There are a ton of movie podcasts and other kinds of podcasts on this network, so please check us out. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Please leave us some ratings. Please leave us some uh, comments. We're looking for your comments. We love to interact
0: with our fans. Uh, tell your friends about us, for yeah. sure. And uh, again... I think we'd mentioned it the last couple of weeks I'm gonna mention it again. Build build that hype train next week. Episode one hundred. One one hundred episodes. Can you believe it, Mike? It's gonna be a delicious fancy feast. Ooh, a fancy feast and to celebrate. <laughs> we're eating fancy feasts live on the air. Just kidding, that's gross. We're actually just gonna be doing a normal thing and we're gonna be filming our fucking faces. We should
1: have some food while
0: we're Oh yeah, no. I'm gonna be swirling brandy, of course. But yeah. um
1: what are we talking about you might ask uh we're gonna do a video broadcast of the let me uh my god uh we're gonna do a uh video broadcast of our 100th episode of filmtastic voyage so you're gonna see alex and myself in the flesh
0: we hope that were everything you envisioned yeah you can see my beard you can see my uh third eye that's a lie. Mike's lying right now, everyone, but you'll see. Um, yeah, and so we're going to use that and we're going to start, we're going to launch our Filmtastic Voyage YouTube page.
1: Indeed, that's going to be the first thing on our Filmtastic Voyage YouTube
0: page. So if you want to see us instead of just hearing us, why don't you go there?
1: Yeah, and we'll also be sure to, uh, you know, take the audio of that broadcast and put that on your. Normal broadcasting uh, on the SoundCloud and on our website and on iTunes. So you'll have both.
0: Well, we're going to be all over the internet. You can't escape us.
1: That's right. The Voyage.
0: uh... It's coming for you. Hey, everybody. We hope you have a great week. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Alex, and I'm coming for you.